Hello, and welcome to Thrive, a podcast that gives you strategies and inspiration to help you live your best life. Learn from us, two cancer survivors, as we show you how we don't just survive, but thrive. Hi, I'm Garth Callahan. I'm a five-time cancer survivor, but more importantly, I'm the original Napkin Notes dad. I've been writing notes to my daughter, Emma, and sticking them into her lunch ever since kindergarten. I'm Dara Kurtz. I'm a wife, a mom, and a cancer thriver. I'm also the author of Crush Cancer and the creator of the Crush Cancer Online 10-module course. Check it out on my website at crazyperfectlife.com. Oh, yeah. I suppose I should say, hey, go check out napkinnotesdad.com, too. I always forget to do that. I'm such a bad self-promoter. That's okay. So let's start over. No, 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 no. No, we won't start over. This is part of the part of the charm, right? That we are just regular people. I don't know. I don't know how charming that is. Okay, well, we have a really great show for you today. Uh, Although both Dara and I are very new to podcasting, we are not new, unfortunately, to being cancer patients. And I think one of the struggles that most cancer patients and therefore their caregivers experience is how do you eat while you're in treatment? And there are so many things that can impact your appetite, your sense of taste, um, how you perceive food. Some of it's physical, and I will admit for, for myself, some of it is also psychological. So we have come up with a list of tips and tricks, and we're just going to go through the list and share our thoughts and ideas on it, and hopefully you can take some of these tips and tricks and apply them to how you can eat during your own course of treatment. Now, I will say Dara and I have very different viewpoints on nutrition at this point. We are at different stages in our lives. Uh, So nutrition is going to be a completely separate podcast, probably two or three episodes from now. So check back and listen to that one. Today, we're just going to be talking about food and and, and how you can eat. Yeah, because when you're going through treatment, a lot of times while getting the best nutrition you can get is very important, a lot of times it's just really, you know, focusing on calorie intake and trying to help yourself find something that you can even eat. I think it's really difficult for people who have never been there to understand what it feels like to just not want to eat, to not be hungry, or to be so nauseous that um, just the thought of eating anything makes you feel worse. And so I know that it can be kind of a challenge, especially for caregivers, to watch people that they're trying to help struggle with eating and that can sometimes even be a conflict I, I you know you're absolutely right i think one of the the biggest issues that lisa has in in our home right now is she feels like she perpetually has to ask me have i eaten and she is absolutely stressed over whether or not i've eaten enough for the day and, and, and what's the answer usually when she says that garth have you eaten well, at this point, I will say it's better than 50-50. The answer is yes. Um, but admittedly... You're just not hungry? I, I mean, is that why or do you forget? Uh, yes, to both, right? So uh, because I don't get those hunger signals, you know, my stomach isn't telling my brain, hey, feed me. Um, I may I may kind of absentmindedly go past uh, a mealtime. And and that's a challenge. And I think the cha- the bigger challenge in that is once you get in the habit of skipping foods inadvertently, it's really hard to get back into regular eating. And you know what happens? It's kind of like a cycle that 
isn't help helpful because let's just say you're nauseous, you don't feel good, so you skip a meal. Well, guess what? When you skip a meal or you don't eat a snack, that makes you feel worse. And then you have trouble eating because you haven't been eating. And it just is kind of a cycle that's hard to get out of. So the number one thing I would recommend is try to stay on a food schedule. Even if you are in the middle of going through active treatment, and by that I mean like you are receiving or taking regular chemo. In fact, I think it's more important to stay on a food schedule where you eat every two to three hours and keep something in your stomach. I always tell people it feels kind of like you're pregnant when you're going through chemo. Wouldn't you agree with that, Garth? I, I would I would wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, I have a lot of experience <laughs> with that. But, you know, the, the point is, is that when you're going through morning sickness, you have to eat regularly. You have to keep something in your stomach. And I think the same holds true when you're going through chemo. Right. And the way that I've done that is I, I have this mantra of smaller plates and and so eat small and eat many. I love uh, it. Right. So I don't, I don't want to look at a really big plate of food because it's overwhelming. it is absolutely overwhelming. Um, so... I, I've taken the three typical meals that we associate with with being human, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I I've basically added in three extras, right? So I have breakfast, I have second breakfast, like the hobbits, I have lunch, <laughs> I have second lunch, I have snack, and then I have dinner, and sometimes I even break up dinner into two separate meals, and the second ones, so I eat a really small breakfast first thing in the day maybe a little serving of yogurt, and then I'll have something a little bit more substantial an hour or two later. And I do the same thing for lunch. I try to have an afternoon snack of, of some almonds or something that's healthy. Um, and last night for dinner, as an example, I was overwhelmed with the size of my portions that I had put out for myself. And so I ate some chicken and then I ate, I, I, I stopped with that. And then I waited a half an hour and I ate the serving of carrots and celery that I had cut up for myself. And that was just a way for me to make my meals smaller and not feel overwhelmed. And sometimes when I feel overwhelmed, my choice is to not eat, which is not the best choice. But I like what you're doing, which is you're listening to your body and you are intentionally committing to eating six times a day. And I actually always eat something before I go to sleep also. So, I mean, that's a good time to eat an extra snack as well. But I yeah, can't... I do that too because I take my treatment typically before I go to bed. And if I can stay awake long enough afterwards to put a, something small in my stomach, I know that my nausea level will be lower. Yeah, and you'll probably sleep better because you'll have something in your tummy. I, I, sleeping, that's a whole nother... Right? Podcast topic, okay. yeah. So, um, you know, my my first tip is cold food. Um, I, I actually think that I should open up a store called Cold Foods. I don't know if I would get sued for, for that, for trademark infringement. But I have found that hot foods, especially foods that might have been cooked with any type of oil, they have a very strong smell to me. And it, it makes me sick to smell that. And so colder foods, sushi, raw cut up fruits and vegetables, things like that work much better for me. And it's because the sense of smell that they have is much smaller. So that, that 
that odor that you would typically associate with a hot cooked food, you don't have. And because I'm not getting nauseated because of the smell, I'm able to eat the food much more easily. And uh, I, I think that that's a really big thing to consider that your sense of smell is closely tied to your t- sense of taste. Absolutely. Now, are you in- incorporating smoothies and green juices as well in that category? Uh, I would I would incorporate that into the category. I'm not good. I will fully admit, and Dara, you know this, I'm not really good with smoothies and, and green juices yet. I'm, it's something I'm working on. But there there were days that I wasn't eating well at all and Lisa would run out and grab me a smoothie from somewhere and it, and the smoothie just works because yeah because you can get a lot of food in in something that looks like a drink right absolutely and and sometimes drinking your nutrition is important I don't think it even matters how you get your nutrition as long as you are getting it some way you know, you know another thing that's very important is just drinking a lot of fluids when you're going through chemo. Um, you know, when I first started getting chemo and I did eight rounds, it's been about, it's been a little bit over four years, but I didn't really think about the fact that I needed to be drinking to kind of flush it all out of my system because I thought, you know what? I actually want that chemo to kind of hang out my body for a long time. That was actually wrong. You don't want that. You want to get the chemo and you want to flush it all out of your system and you want to drink a lot. And so um, I would encourage anyone going through any kind of chemo plan right now to make sure you're drinking a lot of fluids, flush that out of your system. And it's also really important to stay hydrated. Yeah, I I love that you brought that up because that's actually on one of my list of tips as well. And for me, I have a really strong metallic taste in my mouth from time to time water exacerbates that and so drinking plain water for for me is sometimes really tough and um, for those of you who might be new to the podcast i take daily chemo so i've been taking a daily chemo now for over four years so i don't necessarily get that break and my sense of taste is is always kind of whacked out the solution that i found it for water is to either drink it super cold but then I get a cold headache, right? So I have to, I have to avoid that. Um, or to use, um, I have a fruit infuser, right? So I have, the, I have a, a standard water bottle and there's an infuser that attaches to the bottom of the lid. And I cut up a couple of strawberries or a lime or something to that effect and put that in the refrigerator for the next day. And so that that water has a slight, very slight fruit flavor and it almost negates the metallic flavor that I would normally associate with water. And it's a really good way for me to get that hydration that I need. That's such a great point. And this time of year, especially like who doesn't want to eat or drink fruit infused water? It just kind of makes it more special. No, it really does. And I think, frankly, I wish that I'd seized on that idea years ago, because I think that I have been perpetually dehydrated during the course of my treatment, which is just, it's harmful for your body. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great solution. Do you keep track of how much water you drink in a day? For example, do you have like a swell bottle or a big water and you think, okay, I have to drink three of these a day, or do you just not, you know, just kind of make sure that you're 
getting a drink every time you get a snack. Yeah, I um I don't pay that close attention. You know, I saw this water bottle that kind of had like some Bluetooth chip in it or something. It would talk yeah, to your phone. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. And I'm a geek. I would love something like that. <laughs> and, and I thought, oh, you know, that's a little bit too much. And, you know, not to be overly, um, overly open, but I, I pay attention to my hydration from the other side. So if my urine is nice and clear, and I know that I'm, I'm well hydrated. And that's something that's really important to me. I will say on days that I go to the gym, I purposefully fill up a 32 ounce bottle of water. And my goal is from the time that I start at the gym until the time I get home, that that water has to be gone. Um, which is is problematic when I go to the gym in the evenings because that means I'm going I, out, right. I'm going to the bathroom uh, a couple of times in the night. Yeah, I think any any way that you can make sure you're getting in fluids, figure out what works for you, and then make sure you do it every single day, even if you don't feel thirsty. Oh, you know, and that that sees on what works, right? So whatever works for you is is actually my next tip. So and that goes for both hydration and food. So if you have some foods that are good foods for you, foods that you should, um, that are, are hopefully healthy, but also that you know aren't going to make you nauseated, those foods that you can almost always eat no matter how bad you feel, those are the foods you always need to have on standby. And so you what's need- your number one food in that category? Egg drop soup. Really? Yes. Um, that and- is... So interesting. <laughs> it's so, you know, I I happened across egg drop soup um, a while ago. Um, I, I love to eat Chinese food, and and for me in general, Asian foods yeah, work really yeah. well. Uh, so, for some reason, I found that egg drop soup is one of those foods that I can almost always eat, no matter how how messed up my stomach feels for the day. And uh, you know, it's gotten to the point where the Chinese food store across or around the corner from us, I walk in and it's like Norm walking in, into Cheers. I'm like, hey, Garth's back. I feel like you just have these places throughout <laughs> your um, your neighborhood or your community or whatever that's like, we know your coffee order. We know your soup order. We know what you buy at Costco. I mean, that's really nice. Uh, I love it. Yeah, well, so at one time I, I was in the mood for something else and I had called in and I said, oh yeah, can I have um, some some steamed white rice and hot and sour soup? And I walked in and- They the were person, so confused. Oh yeah, the person behind the counter looked around and she looked at <laughs> me and she said, wait, no egg drop soup today? Is this your order? And she was really out of sorts after that. That's hilarious. One, you know, what happened to me about, because the reason I sort of reacted that way is the first time I got chemo, the very first time I had it and I left and I was fine. And, you know, I always say now, never go to your favorite restaurant after you have chemo. Just don't do it. People had told me that and I was like, oh, I'm fine, blah, blah, blah. Well, we went and I got soup and it was similar to egg drop soup. And I was fine. I really felt good. I had it. But later on that evening, I started not feeling so good. Long story short, like you really couldn't pay me to eat a bowl of that soup now. I mean, I'll never have a bowl of that soup again because I associate it with it. So don't have your favorite foods right after you get treatment, even if you're feeling good, because you just kind of associate 
that food with that experience. But one thing that I found that really worked for me was just popsicles. Maybe it's the cold thing that you were talking about, but I really started eating a lot of popsicles. And I, I remember I would just force myself if I was watching TV or um, having a really hard time eating, like every time a new episode of Mad Men came on, then for me, it would be time to go get another popsicle or, um, you know, just kind of little games that I could kind of come up with to, to force myself to eat so that I was getting something in my body. So Dara, I, I think I know you fairly well at this point, and I, I don't want you to take offense at what I'm Ooh, about this to is ask. Fun. But I'm kind of wondering, as you're talking about this tip, yes, were the popsicles that you had like the popsicles you buy at the freezer at Kroger, or were they like the organic lemonade basil homemade popsicles that are healthy? I'm glad you asked that, Carl. <laughs> when I was just trying to get through the hour, I, it wasn't really as important as uh, what ingredients were in the popsicles. You know, you get that. But um, I really, there's some kind of yogurt popsicle that my father-in-law actually found in the, the aisle. I guess because it said Greek yogurt, so there was a sim presumably protein in it. And so um, he bought me like three boxes of those popsicles and I literally ate one of those popsicles like every hour. And I haven't had one of those in years and I have no desire to ever have one of those again. But, um, you know, cause I associate that popsicle with that time. But the point is find a, find something that works for you, figure out a food that you can go to even when you don't feel good, when you know you need to eat and, and force yourself to eat. Well, and, and I think one of the things that, um, that you've, kind of touched on is you, you you have this association now with some types of foods within your treatment program that you don't necessarily want to go back to today. And one, one of the things that my doctor's office really stressed to me was that if I have a food that suddenly stops working for me, that I need to stop trying to force it. So I grew up and for some reason I loved peanut butter. I don't know what it was about peanut butter, but I can, I can honestly say that my entire high school career, I had peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day for lunch. And, um, and a while ago, peanut butter started tasting funny to me. And, um, I was, I was concerned because it is a standby for me. And, uh, I remembered what my doctor said and, you know, he, he, he didn't want my brain to associate peanut butter with something that I didn't like. And so I waited six or eight months, tried it again, and the taste had returned, right? It, oh, it tasted good. right. It tasted good to me again. So if you are struggling with a food that you typically associate with something that's delicious to you and it's not working for you, stop it. Don't try to force it. You really yeah, want to miss that. That is such a great point. I, I love that. Other foods that really worked for me when I was going through all that um, you know, baked potato, plain baked potato worked really well. Black, for some reason, black beans worked really well. I was just like really craving black beans. Every single day that I would receive treatment, I would eat um, just a scrambled egg with a piece of toast and cheese. That was kind of like my after treatment go-to meal because it was light and it was substantial. And I don't know, it worked for me. Yeah, and I, I think for, for me, the, the basic food that works for me right now are, um, it's bagels and cream cheese, right? So 
there's something about if I need substance, if I need some volume in my stomach, I can almost always pop a half a bagel with whipped cream cheese on the top and and it almost always works. So you have to have those standbys. And I think one of the things that I experience, and Dara, I don't know if you've experienced this, is I have decision paralysis when it comes to food. So if I open up the refrigerator or I open up the pantry and I know that it's time to eat and it and I have to eat then, if I can't quickly ascertain something that's good for me, I can't make a decision on the other things, right? So I'm, I'm staring at the refrigerator and I know that I want whatever and I can't see it, then I, I might actually choose to walk away rather than try to decide on something else. So you want to make sure that you have those standbys handy and that you don't eat the things that don't taste good, but tr- do whatever you can to avoid that decision, decision paralysis. You probably do that because you're not really hungry to start off with. And so if you can't find something that sort of tempts your tummy, then you're just kind of like, oh, whatever. I just, I don't, I, 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 it's just not worth it. I'm just going to go on about my day. But see, then you, you've got to stay on that schedule because you're going to feel better if you eat. Just like what we talked about earlier, eating every few hours is really going to make sure sh- ensure that you are giving yourself the food that you need to help yourself feel the best you can feel. Absolutely. You know, and one, one thing that I do that is, um, I think it's really weird. Uh, I, I haven't, I haven't heard, I mean, it's not that you weird. do something weird. It's, it's shocking. It, it's not that weird. I mean, it's not completely off the wall crazy, but I am in order to help combat that metallic flavor that I have in my mouth. I'm a real stickler for, having plastic utensils or chopsticks handy because that's not weird at all good actually (laughs) that's that's i mean that's a hundred percent not weird that is actually really smart well and and so i there are things that um i absolutely don't eat with metal spoons or metal forks Uh, yogurt is a great example i don't know what it is in yogurt but yogurt combined with a metal spoon for me is just it's bad. So I, I have to make sure that we have a, a, a spoon or two handy that I can eat yogurt every day. And, um, and I know Dara, you, you joke on me. In fact, you joked on me in one of the last podcasts we redid. Um, I always have a supply of lemon heads and the re it's, it's the same thing. Lemon heads. If I pop one in my mouth, when I'm having a really strong attack for, for the metallic taste, it almost always gets rid of it. Um, so between that and the plastic utensils, I, I really prefer to, to, uh, to be basic and not put my food in metal, not cook it in metal, not eat it with metal. And it's, it's, re- I think it's weird, but I'm glad that you've, um, confirmed that I'm not all that too much off the rocker. Yeah, I totally get it. So if you haven't been through treatment and you don't know a hundred percent what Garth is referring to, it's not uncommon to have a metallic taste in your mouth when you are going through treatment, whether or not it's active treatment, like a daily pill, or just maybe even getting treatment every couple of weeks. It's pretty common to have a metallic taste. And so Garth is a hundred percent right. Using plastic silverware to eat for whatever reason makes it so your food tastes less metallic-y and more like normal food. All right. Well, before I go on to my last tip, I think it is time for our thriving tip of the day. 
and and this is big. It's it's overreaching everything that we've talked about. And um, I, I'm going to tee this up a little bit. I had been in the process of not eating well. It, it had been probably a year or so since I had been eating well. I was in my second year of treatment, and I had lost about 55 pounds. Now, granted, the first 25 or so, I definitely <laughs> stood to lose. Um, not a weight loss program that I would recommend. Uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> weight Watchers and Jenny Craig are not knocking down my door trying to get my secret. Um, <laughs> but you know that, that would be a really good BuzzFeed article. Jenny Craig and Weight Watchers hate this guy. H hear his tip on how to lose weight fast. Um, and so I had gone into my doctor's office and Lisa, Lisa, before we left, looked at him and said, you know, Garth's lost a lot of weight and he doesn't seem to be fixing it. He seems to continue to, this downward trend. And my doctor looked at me. He looked at Lisa. He said, all right, you're going to meet with the nutritionist before you're allowed to leave. And the nutritionist actually brought me um, a smoothie and some peanut butter crackers. She made me eat and drink that. And she, she said something that has stuck with me to this day. And even when I'm having true troubles eating, I keep this in mind. And here's the thriving tip. Food is medicine. There is absolute, absolutely no reason why you would skip your treatment. And there isn't any good reason why you should skip food. Food is fuel for your body and you need to be putting fuel in your body so that you can rest, so that you can heal, and so that you can get through treatment well. And so you really need to keep that in mind that food is medicine. That's beautiful. I really don't have a whole lot to add to that except for just try to eat as healthy as you can. But if you have to if you can't eat healthy foods because they're not appealing to you, eat whatever works. Because the most important thing is that you keep eating and that you get the calories that you need. Yeah, and, and you know, that that goes to my last tip, which is make sure that you have your emergency foods handy. And uh, for me, what that means is when I go out of the house, I make sure that I have some things in my briefcase or my backpack so that if I suddenly do get hungry or if I realize that I need food, that I don't have to try to go find it. I don't have to try to find a store or a, a bodega and get some food. I'm literally able to reach within my my case and pull out um, a, a tea or a granola bar or a bag of nuts, something that I know that I can eat quickly and get some energy moving. So you really want to make sure that you have that emergency standby handy. Because what's going to happen if you don't have it and you start to feel like you need to eat and you don't have any food to eat, then guess what? You're going to start to feel sick because not eating is going to make you feel yucky. Yeah, that's I, that's the worst for me in, because it I, is. I don't get that hunger signal a lot of times. And so I'm kind of, you know, I've, I've not realized, oh, I should have eaten an hour ago or I should have eaten two hours ago. And then it comes on, right? You get this wave of, oh, this is actually not good. And uh, so what I do in that case is I always have like a little fruit cup handy and I quickly eat that fruit cup and I know it's a good way to quickly get some energy into my system to get some food into my stomach but it, that feeling because you've skipped a meal and maybe you're already time it's already time for your second meal it, it it's harmful for you and it, it yeah. is something you really want to avoid however you can do you set your 
phone or your watch to tell you when it's time to eat? I absolutely do. When I, especially when I know that I'm going to be heads down working on something, if I'm, if I've got a, a few hour project ahead of me and I know that I'm likely to get too deep into the project and kind of forget my surroundings, I set that alarm and there's no shame in that at all. I think that's a great thing for anyone to do who is going through active treatment right now or taking a daily type of chemo drug that causes you to struggle with eating. I think setting your phone to remind you to eat every two to three hours is a really good play. Yeah. And, and it's, there are so many apps that you can do that with. And, and frankly, your phone has a, a clock built into it. It's super simple to do. And it is a good way for, um, for you to have that prompt. And or even only, just to remind you to drink water. Right, right. And the only thing I would do is you make sure that you choose something that's cheerful in terms of the yeah. alarm tone because you <laughs> don't want to associate, you know, Darth Vader breathing or something like that. And you think, oh, this is awful. You want it to be something cheery so your mind is automatically perked up and think, oh, you know, this is it's time for me to have my snack. Yeah, because I'm taking care of myself. Absolutely. So it's time for our quote of the day. We like to give you a little bit of an inspirational quote, something to think about as you travel on your day. So here's ours for the day. No one said life was going to be easy or fair. You do the best you can with the hand you've been dealt and you control what you can control. And so the takeaway today, hopefully, is that you understand that, look, you didn't ask for cancer. You don't want to be in this situation. You don't, you don't want to be dealing with what you're dealing with, but you are. And so... We want to help you navigate these waters the best you can. And one of the ways that you do that is by actively deciding to control what you can control and taking care of yourself with regards to the food that you put into your body and the nutrients that you give yourself. That is definitely something that you have control over that can make a huge difference in how you go forward. I love that. I think that's fantastic. You know, um, Again, Dara and I are fairly new to podcasting, and one of the things that we actively encourage you to do is to submit questions to us. We want to engage with our audience a little bit more. So if you have a question, a burning question that Dara or I should be answering, go to napkinnotesdad.com slash podcast Q, and you can submit a question there. If we pick your question and use it during a podcast, we will send you a token of gratitude. And we really look forward to answering your questions. So keep that in mind and uh, share the podcast with your friends. I am Garth Callahan, the Napkin Notes Dad. You can find me at my website, napkinnotesdad.com. And thank you very much for listening. And I'm Dara Kurtz from crazyperfectlife.com. Have a great day. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thrive is created by Dara Kurtz of Crazy Perfect Life and Garth Callahan, the Napkin Notes Dad, with the hope that we help you develop motivation and inspiration to make your life remarkable. It would mean so much to us if you shared this with your friends and family and left us a review on iTunes. Remember, you deserve to thrive. Thrive Podcast is copyrighted by Dara and Garth.